This is the Guardians and Gladiators podcast, Special Olympics-based show with your hosts, Lozy and Coach. And here we are, and welcome to this week's episode of Guardians and Gladiators. I'm your host, Lozy, and always with me is Coach. How you doing? Excellent, Lozy. How are you today? Pretty good. Awesome. Besides, it's snowing. I know. Lovely weather outside, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. And here we are in the cold studio. In a cold studio <laughs> garage with one little heater that does not really work. Well, I mean, it works for me. I, I can feel it. <laughs> Anyways, why don't we get to our guest today? Who do we have here with us? Well, folks, he has a heck of a resume, so I'm not going to go through all that. But if Don Sherry was still doing his Rock'em Sock'em videos, this guy would have his own video. From Toronto, Ontario, welcome to the show, the meanest, the toughest guy you will ever see, Sean McMorrow. How you doing? Woo! I'm doing good, boys. I'm doing good. I mean, I get compliments for my intros, but brother, that was an intro if I've ever heard one. Thank you very much, man. That was incredible. You're- I always look forward to Lozi's intros because they're always just fantastic like that. Very so again, impressive stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So again, welcome to the show, Sean. Uh pleasure to meet you and pleasure to have you on the uh on the show here. Um Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry to interrupt you, man. I'm just I'm so hyper and excited to be on the show. So thank you guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get going we're i always i always forget uh i always forget to to do the dad joke of the day um now i i've done a little bit of homework on you but i didn't check to see are you a dad i am excellent so you will love these jokes because i'm sure you've told a fair amount of them to your kids maybe <laughs> i'm looking forward to hearing these Maybe. How many kids do you have? I just have one. Just one. Beautiful okay. daughter, Jasmine. Nice. How old is she? She's 21. Oh, wow. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So Chris says, Chris has a daughter. Ten. She, she's 10. Yep. And right on. I've got two, a 16-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. So quite the handful. Anyways, oh, let's yeah. get to our favorite part of the show. See if this works. Ooh, it's time for the dad joke of the day. It worked this time. <laughs> this is awesome, man. So, guys, why are hockey rinks rounded? Oh. Why? Because if they were 90 degrees, the ice would melt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good, man. That's Really good. <laughs> I figured that would be a good one. I told my daughter that, and she just busted out laughing. So <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, let her go, Chris. So where you uh, started in AAA, and then from there, was it the Knights that drafted you first, or was it you came in a trade? So 
when I got drafted to the, I love it that you're asking about the OHL, man, because although it was only three years, it was so much happened. There was a lot of teams, worked with a lot of interesting players, you know, got coached by a lot of cool coaches all in three seasons, right? So I was drafted to Sarnia, where Mark Hunter, who later with Dale would buy the London Knights, was the GM and coach of the Sarnia Sting. So I was a high, pretty high pick, gentlemen. Like, I'm very proud of it. I was a second-round pick, 33rd overall, right? Mm -hmm. Defenseman, right? Mark Hunter-like pick. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I started in Sarnia, man. And um, Mark Hunter was probably the reason why I was able to get the confidence to actually be a pro tough guy in hockey. Thought I'd throw that one out there. Yeah, it makes sense if you were uh, definitely a hunter pick. It kind of makes sense that you'd be a tough guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, so being that when you were drafted, you and I are the same age. Um, you're nine months older. Dude, um, you look you look 10 years younger, man. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> Junk food? <laughs> I don't know. Look how rich the beard is, though. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's a little look bit of salt and pepper. It's, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> It's got some salt I'm, and pepper. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just messing with you guys because I'm a host too, right? So I'm used yeah, to yeah. doing it. But you guys are doing such a good job. Go ahead, brother. What were you saying? <laughs> no, um, I was just gonna say. So when was that uh, junior time? Obviously, it would probably okay. Be so 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 for me, like years ago, yeah, two thousand to two thousand and two. There you go. Yep, yep. Ninety nine two thousand season all the way to the O two. And then so, so, but, but the big thing for me guys with the OHL was like, I came in as a stay at home defenseman. And then my last half season with the Oshawa generals, the only reason why I was able to sign the NHL entry level is because I started actually playing the game, started proving that I could do a regular shift, started putting some pucks in the net, right? Got really (laughs) confident when that happened. But, but I believe that like the Dale and Mark did me a huge favor by trading me to Oshawa because they had helped me get that toughest guy in the OHL title. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed to sign. But I also needed to prove that I could play. And they traded me to Oshawa because Oshawa was going to give me that third line ice, put me in front of the net on the power play and really give me an opportunity to show that I could play at the next level. So, I mean, I, I love what the hunters did for me, man, in the OHL. They were a really big part of my story, especially at that time of my career. Nice. Um, now, did you get the nickname Sheriff uh, at that time, or was that after? Or So the Sheriff nickname, like the first time that I ever heard it was actually when I played in that notorious league in the LNAH in Quebec, right? And it was after a game that I had done really, really well. I think I, you know, won both my fights against a top guy in the league, scored a couple of goals. We're at one of my owner's bars that we would go to after the game. And in front of the whole team, you know, he stood up and he said, he pointed at me and said, from now on, we call you Le Sheriff. So (laughs) his name was Fred Trombley. So I I like to give him the credit because it's been such a big part of my career having this nickname. So Fred yep. Tremblay, the owner of the Saint Hyacinthe Top Design, and uh, he now does 
horse he he like he like um trains and and makes 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 money off horses you know okay. uh show prize horses uh yeah. down in texas nice. so shout out to fred trombley nice nice <laughs> Yeah, you've you've obviously obviously kept that n- nickname in a lot of your you know whatever you've done, um, you know it's 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 stuck with you. And I guess you know based on your career, it's it's definitely a warranted nickname. So yeah, um, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So when let's see, you get drafted by Buffalo. Oh yeah. First game, it was in March that year when you played against the, the Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. The Leafs. Yeah. What's that feeling like? Oh, man. Man, you're doing me a big favor by getting me to talk about this one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Excellent, excellent question, my friend. Yeah. So, okay, so so the reason why the reason why I'm being like this is because there is, there's a lot of guys that only played one game, yep. right? Yep. A lot of guys have only played one game. You know, and we're we're very thankful for that. Like it was our dream. We got there. You know, if it's one or a hundred, you still played, right? So you always you still hear got that. To the show, right? right? You got to the show, right? But keeping in mind, my one game was is such a unique and special story, especially to my family, only because th- this is a Scarborough kid, yep. so a Toronto kid that gets drafted by Buffalo, a divisional team. Yep looks up to the Buffalo because they always play against his hometown Leafs. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's a part of that, gets called up to them and, you know, finds out that it happens to be against the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. And Can't the way that I grew up, gentlemen, was if I wasn't playing myself on my team, on a Saturday night, I would walk over to my grandfather's house but a five-minute walk, and I would watch Hockey Night in Canada, which would be the Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. against whatever team they were playing. Yep. Second game would be the West Coast game, and you know I, we'd be drinking hot chocolate and eating raisin bran toast. Right, that's how I grew up. Yep. So to have that one game be in Toronto Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, it yep. literally was everything a dream come true, gentlemen. And I get a bit, I get I get goosebumps every time I I talk about it. I mean, you really can't ask for for any more, no. right? Like, that's inc- exactly that's no, really though, and, and that's why I I really appreciate it so much, just because it was kind of like a fairy tale little story for the fact that I got that one game, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you you talking about it like that because as I mentioned before, you know, I was I was watching your podcast with. Um, Luke Sellers there and uh yeah Lukey Luke yeah and and his story was obviously a little bit different for for yeah. his first NHL game yeah um, his was wild yeah wild story I mean he didn't he didn't <laughs> quite talk about it with the same sort of gusto as you did but you know it's 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 yeah. interesting to hear the 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 differences oh, between yeah. the two yeah because he only played one mm-hmm. game as well for yeah and you know you know who else um like, and the reason why this is a little bit of a topic too is because one of my mentors, uh, Mr. Ken Reed, who's the the anchor at Sportsnet with Ivanka Osmak, um, he wrote a book called One Night Only. Mm-hmm. And how I met him was he asked me to be in the book because the book was based on about 20, 20, about 20 players that played one game 
So it would have different storylines. It would have like like a guy like me that was like a later pick, mm-hmm. eighth round pick, you know, long shot that he was going to play, yeah. gets his game, right? Mm-hmm. Or it might be like a first round guy that was kind of like a bust, only played one game, never made it back. Yeah. Everyone has a different story. But, but you know, an interesting name that was also in the book, One Night Only by Ken Reed, is Mr. Don Cherry. Mr. Don Cherry only played one game in the NHL, just like myself. That is true. Right? That is true. And, and it's interesting how his dominance in the AHL and his, and, his, and his personality was able to have him be a major NHL character, right? Yeah. The man only played one game, yeah. right? So, you know, hats off to Grapes, man. Yeah. He, had his, he had his birthday recently as well. Man, is he ever getting up there? <laughs> How old is he now? He's got to be in his no, 80s. No, I'm serious. Right? Like, I think, he's, I think he's like 89 yeah. or something yeah. now. Like, yeah, he's got to be up he's there. Like, he's name. really old, great, yeah. man. He's still going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes, almost makes me feel old, 89, right? Like, eh? Yeah. Watching him yeah. on, on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. And he was a... Coach's Corner. Yeah, Coach's Corner. <laughs> um, I loved how you guys uh, uh, used the Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, yeah. Um, analyst there, uh, cause Rockham Sockham's the ones that Don Cherry yeah. and, um, his son, Tim Cherry, um, who is the producer of all those shows and the guy that helps him with his podcast. Now those show, those videos, oh, yeah. man, those VHS. Yeah. Tapes, remember those? <laughs> I had like yeah. the first 10 me VHS. My, yeah. yeah. Me and my brothers, we would get the newest version of Rockham Sockham every summer. Yeah. Okay. And man, I'm telling you, my sister would get it for us, my sister Catherine, and she would wait in line at like whatever mall had the promo for great signing the the VHSs. And she would wait for a couple hours, she'd get it signed to Sean, Patrick, and Liam. Merry Christmas from your sister. (laughs) And you know what? It it was like like good good on her because she knocked out all three brothers' presents (laughs) with one. And we all loved it, man. Nice. She got a lot of credit on that day. And we, trust me, we watched it in that VCR. And yeah. we were watching like little kids, man. <laughs> like we didn't even finish opening our presents. We wanted to watch those, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how big of a deal it was to us. How was it for you guys? Like, did you guys grow up on that too? I know I'm old, right? But <laughs> Well, like I said, we're, you and I are the same age. Chris is actually just Dude, a couple. I keep forgetting, buddy. Yeah, Chris is actually a couple years younger than, than uh, us. Yeah. So I would imagine that he also grew up on the. I had one to eight. Yeah, the Rock'em Sock'em. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those were. Yeah, those, the, were, those, were, those were definite staples. Yeah, sorry, in go our ahead. House. Definite staples in our house for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, right on. Now, one thing that I was looking at here, uh, apparently you're a world record holder. Multiple. Multiple. Yeah. Multiple world record holder. World record. Yeah. Let's expand on that. You want to talk bit. about those? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the first one is, um, in the 2000, in the 2007, 2008 season, mm-hmm. when I played in the LNAH, the, the league in Quebec, there's a lot of tough guys in that league. And that season I recorded 86 fighting majors, <laughs> which included our playoff run. So what helped me out was, we played 20 plus games, three rounds of seven games, you know, in the playoffs. And in that league, you still have at least the top two guys on each team still fight. Like instead of like five fights a game, it might be like one or two, but there'll still be those fights. So that was me. Right. So I think I had like around 60, 65 
when I ended the season, and then I ended up with 86, which still to this day is the world record for pro fights in one hockey season. Holy so moly. that's one. That's impressive. The other one is is who I like, and I love talking about my siblings, man, because they're all superstars, right? Yeah. I have an older sister, Catherine, and two brothers, Patrick and Liam. Yeah. So Patrick is, you guys all know who the artist is the weekend, the R&B artist yeah. from Toronto the weekend with the crazy hair, right? Yeah. So my brother, my brother, who's three years younger than me, he's the personal bodyguard oh, okay. for Abel Testafe, who's AKA the weekend, right? Nice. So my brother moved his family down to LA like five, six years ago. He's down there. They've made it like they're all they're all at the top of their games. Right. Yep. So my other brother, he, he's an athlete like me and he grew eight inches in grade 12. He was a hockey player just like me, grew eight inches wow. in grade 12, wow. became a seven footer at the end of that process. Right. Wow. And became a professional basketball player because he yeah. was such a good athlete yeah. that he was like, I'm, I'm seven foot two. Yeah. Maybe I should try basketball. So this guy, <laughs> no, this is a true story. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to a junior college just east of Toronto, right? Called Durham College. Yep. Walks on to the basketball team, right? Because he's an athlete. Like he made it. Yeah. He wasn't that good yet, but he, you know, we would play in the summer, but nothing be. serious, right? Yeah. So he makes the team. By the end of the season, he's the go-to like offensive play. Like they're all lobbing it into him yeah. and he's, doing a sky hook or whatever he's doing. Right. So, so based on that season, this guy gets a full division one scholarship because wow. he started dominating towards the end. Yeah. He goes to Marquette university. That's where Dwayne Wade went, Jimmy okay. Butler, yeah. like very renowned program in the States. They're always like top 10. They're always in March madness yeah. Marquette university. Right. So he goes there. And ends up having a 10-year professional career. The man played in China. He did like the Asian tour. Played in China, Japan, Taiwan. Yeah. He played in the G League for a couple of years. The league that's right underneath the NBA. Yeah. There was a couple of years I couldn't believe that he didn't like make it. Because he did so well in camps and stuff. But mm -hmm. he ended up having a great career. And to get to the, to the world record. I, just, I like talking about my brothers, obviously. Yeah. To get to the world record, me and Liam. Liam McMorrow is his name. We're the only two brothers to play professional hockey and professional basketball at the same time. Wow. Two brothers. Really? Like, wow. there's, there's, yeah, that's a record. You could check it. There's people that are similar, like, like for example, like Seth Jones, yep. the hockey player, yep. right? He's like my complexion, yeah. like a light-skinned black guy, whatever. Yep. Seth Jones' dad is Popeye Jones that used to play for the Raptors. Back in 96. So that's a, so that's a dad son yeah. hockey basketball, right? Yeah. So there's things like that are like similar, similar but me yeah. and Liam, we're the still brothers. the only brothers huh. that have played at the same time, pro hockey, yeah. pro basketball. So, so, that's cool. and, and that's in the world, right? So, so that's a record. That's cool. That's right? awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Didn't know about that one. No. Liam always gets mad when I like talk about it yeah. because it's not like, there's no book that like has that, like it's not in the Guinness book of world records. Yeah. It's not in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's just like, bro, you can't, but I'm like, dude, that's what it is, man. Like that's, yeah. there's yeah. no one else that's done it. We should be proud yeah. of it. It's an official unofficial world right? record. That's Absolutely. the way I look at it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm sure if we contacted books, yeah. 
that we could probably get it in. Yeah. But I think we would have to do that work. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> that's, there you go. That's a, that's a neat thing. Yeah. And it must be weird too. Your younger brother, from what I recall, you're, you're like six foot four. Yeah. So, so, so Pat. Okay. So Liam is seven foot two, 300 pounds. Oh, big boy. Okay. I'm six foot four, 225. That's what my playing weight was. Yeah. Now, Patty, the bodyguard, he's about an inch shorter than me. Yeah. So he's about six, three. Yeah. But he's got about about fifty pounds on me at least. Yeah. So he's he's a big like like Stocky. his biceps yeah. are like, like he's a bodyguard, right? Yeah, like he looks like a bodyguard, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Patty. Nope. Patty's the toughest guy. He's the toughest guy that I know, yeah. man. He's known for putting people to sleep when he has to at work. <laughs> nope, yeah. Yeah. You do not want to mess with Patrick tomorrow. <laughs> Trust me. Wow. You don't want to. So your sister's got to be pretty tough then, too, if she's the oldest, putting uh, all three of you boys in place. Yeah, though. I mean, yeah, she's the boss. Like, she's uh, <laughs> she was the oldest. You know, her and my mom kind of, like, raised us because from when I was six years old to when I was 13, um, we were a single-parent family, mm-hmm. right? So my sister's three years older than me, right? So you know, girls mature quicker than us. Right. So like she was pretty mature by the time she was like 11, 12 and she really helped out, you know, raising her three younger brothers, helping her mom out until like she was, she was, she was 16 when my mom remarried. So most of her childhood, she was, she was, uh, she was like the boss, you know? So yeah, yeah. My sister, she was a super athlete too, man. She played hockey. She played soccer. She did everything. Mm -hmm. So She's a really cool girl. She's a big time producer at CBC. Yes. Nice. Um, so that's her gig. Yeah, she she's doing really well. Good. Right on. I did see that. Our next step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is the gig. Yeah. Um now I know you do your podcast, obviously. Uh The Chef. Yep. The Sheriff. Sheriff right? Podcast. Um, yeah, Sheriff Podcast. Yeah. You've been doing that for quite a while. I think you're on like episode hundred and sixty or you're you're around there. Yep. Um, 160, yeah, yeah, uh, 158 or something. I think Luke Sellers was 159. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lukey was the last recording. Yeah, you were supposed to do Shane Corson. I think that was your next one, right? But unfortunately, yeah, he Shane, had to. Uh... I was supposed to do Shane, and there was it was a weather thing that messed it up. Oh, okay. And um, so sometimes that happens because yeah. the unfortunate thing about the live recordings mm-hmm. is that first off, it's harder to get guests yes. because they all have to be in Toronto because yep. that's where I am. Yep. And then they have to be willing to be going to an establishment in downtown Toronto on that yeah. night. Right. Yes. So it's very hard, but yeah. but when it all works out, man, it's so nice. Yeah. It it's is. such a cool thing. What yeah. I want to do for a career is that like live stuff. Yeah. I want to be behind the desk. Yeah. I want to be, you know, a broadcaster, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I really enjoy it and, and have a really good time doing it. Yeah. It, it yeah. definitely shows, uh, you know, I watched a couple of clips and, and you definitely have fun there at the, uh, at the locker, the locker room, the locker room, right? That's what it's Yeah. Called. We call it the locker room. The, stu- sorry, the studio is called the locker room and the establishment yes. is called the bottom line sports bar. The bottom line sports bar. That's right. Yeah. Uh, on Toronto's on classy Street, sports right? bar. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep and, looking and at those been... Nerf guns, man. I just want to grab one of them and search <laughs> There, there's yeah. over 50 of them up there. That's for our protection. <laughs> it, yeah, it goes like, from what you can see, there's probably another like f- 
five, six feet up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, there's a lot. <laughs> Very odd. There's some there's some high powered ones up there. From, I, you can't see it, but there's from one up bow there. Bow and arrows to yeah. crossbows. <laughs> yeah. Machine gun nerf. <laughs> I got them all. I, I'm a big kid. What can I say? We're no, but for the, for the listeners that are that are listening to this on on like Spotify and those platforms that can't see this, like it is incredible what they have behind them. The Nerf the Nerf <laughs> yeah. gun collection is out of this world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my garage is is split up into two two sections. We've got the the podcast studio on this side. It's still a little bit of work in progress, but yep. yeah. Uh, there's there's this over here. We've got uh, our chairs on this side. We've got a nice comfy couch on the other side for our guests who come into the studio. Yeah. And then uh, on the on the other side of the 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 wall, the curtains there. It's it's my uh, my gym. So I've got like really? a whole gym set up and everything. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So listen, so so I'm gonna be in contact with with Mark and Dale and probably yeah. you know I'll, I'll I'll give Presty a call too, Brandon. But like, because yeah. I'm coming to London. I'm coming to yeah. London. Yes. I'm yes. gonna do like, like what I'm gonna do is there was something that I did with Kitchener last year that I'm gonna do in London this year. What I do okay. is I come to the game. I'm kind of yeah. like a kind of like a special guest because okay. I do like a like like I I come on with like the Rogers OHL TV team and like yeah, do yeah. kind of an interview as a former player. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, look how nice the arena is now. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. just all positive and good stuff, right? Yeah. And then, you know, watch yeah. the game, hang out with the hunters, stuff like that. But yeah. I might make it a like a weekend type of thing. Maybe bring the beautiful girlfriend. And yeah. um, you know, maybe have to visit your guys' studio as well, man. And just get fired up. Yes. Get a fired up live show going. I like you, that. You are more absolutely more than welcome. Yes, come, come on, Dan. Yeah, if you like, if you Let's like dogs, do you can you can come see my dogs. I've got three. I love ones, dogs, so. man. Grew Perfect. up with dogs. What kind of yeah, dogs? I, I've got three Saint Bernards. No way. Oh man. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Are they boys, girls? What are they? They're uh, big boys. They're all brothers. Uh, they're all three, good three boys? different. Three different litters. Yep. They're all. They're just big sucks. <laughs> great. So. <laughs> We don't know they're cleaning the house because it's hair, hair and the slobber beautiful, everywhere. The beautiful, the beautiful yeah. girlfriend is smiling in the background because like, <laughs> oh yeah, they they love cuddling. They love everybody. Yeah, absolutely. They're more than welcome. So I, I have a story. I have a story. So we're sitting back at we're sitting back at the old ice house when like it took like five games. Comes off the ice after one game. Said, Sean, you got got an extra stick? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I get you one. I get you one next time you come. Get a ticket for next week. Come back. Sean, got my stick? <laughs> oh, next week. Next week. Next week. Next week. Said, all right. Go back again. Where's Sean? He's sitting in the friends. He's suspended for a few games. <laughs> Said, well, no stick again. <laughs> But I ended up getting one. I ended up getting one. Right on. Right on. See me being me being the people pleaser that I am, I probably I probably just was like, you know, I gotta figure out how I can get a stick for this guy, but I'm gonna tell him definitely next week, definitely next week. And then I'm probably thinking all week long I'm gonna 
try to put one, put one to the side for my buddy on the weekend, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he ended up getting one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only took two months. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Now you did play in quite a bit of uh, different leagues. Um, yeah. Now we asked this of um, another former OHL player, uh, Kelly Corpse. Um, I don't you probably wouldn't have played against him. He's a he's a couple years no. younger, right? He's he Kelly played in the nineties, right? Yeah, so he's a, he's a little older. That's right. Okay, right on. Um, but uh, you know, we asked him of the handful of leagues that he played in, what was his favorite? So again, I we ask you this one. Um, notwithstanding that that Quebec league, um, which was your favorite to play in? I may I may have the answer. Yeah, it was the A. Well, let him say. Well, I mean, okay, so the A, like the AHL, was probably my. That was the highest level that I was a regular at. So that mm-hmm. is kind of like the league that obviously I played the most games in. I think I, mm-hmm. I think I played like 225 games in the AHL. Um, yeah. So that's the league that was the highest level. But the most favorite was when I went across the pond, gentlemen. Okay. England? When I went across the pond and, and decided to play in the UK and, and sign yes. with the Belfast Giants. Yep. That season was my favorite season because that you know, was the, when the sheriff right. stuff really took yeah. off, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was when I really kind of because I did so much so much off ice stuff because yeah. like I, I don't know if you guys know the history of Northern Ireland, um, but there is still an ongoing like factions like, of war still yeah. to this day between the Catholics and Protestants and the British government actually uses the team to bring the communities together. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why Um, it's a new sport. Um, When the team was created back in 2000, um, they intentionally did neutral colors. They had the team that named after, after, um, agriculture like the 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 giants causeway is the northern tip of northern ireland it's one of the most beautiful parts of the world they're giant rocks that that the novelty of the big giants back in the day used to use the rocks to walk across the sea to battle the scottish giants and protect ireland from any foe yeah. in the distance, right? <laughs> so it has nothing to yeah. do. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do yeah. with soccer teams, which they say yeah. football teams over there that cause all the fighting yeah. and factions. Yeah. You know, yeah. it has nothing to do with that stuff. So, so, so now there's rules. When you come into the Odyssey, Odyssey Arena in Belfast, you either have yeah. to wear a Belfast Giants jersey, yeah, or you have to wear just normal civilian clothes. You can't wear any other soccer jerseys, anything like that, that can cause division nice. in groups. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no national anthem, just so they they avoid any you know controversy or tension between yeah. any sure. potential groups. And sure. you could have two people from opposite sides of the community that have been taught not to like each other sit side yeah. by side with similar jerseys, cheering on their yeah. team. And what happens nice. is oh, we can cheer together and enjoy things. Maybe other yeah. parts of our life, we can do the same. And yeah, it's really maybe it's worked. Maybe not so bad. Yeah. 
it's really worked. <clears throat> and and they had yeah. me do a lot of off ice stuff because of yeah. the of the dynamics in the city and how they use the team. Yeah. And that was For really sure. the year that I realized that I wanted to get into media, that I wanted yep. to you know talk in front of big audiences. And pretty yeah. much the mentoring, all the stuff that I got going on now, man, it kind of sprung out from that season. So I really nice. appreciate that year, 100%. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nice. It, it's funny, too, because that's what Kelly said. Like, he he went and played in, in Europe for a few years. He yeah. played in uh, Italy and Germany. In France. And I thought he played Chris in England. Kelly? In, no, uh, Kelly Corpse. Oh, Kelly Corpse. Sorry. Yeah. Cam Jansen played in England. Right. It was Cam Jansen that yeah, played Yeah, Cam England. Jansen right. played in Nottingham, man. He did a really good job yes. there. He played great. Yeah. Nottingham right. Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. We had Kevin. him on the show, too. Yeah, we had Oh, he's a there. character, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's man. Funny guy. He was, yeah. man I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll t- just get, let me say a little Cam Jansen story. So, Cam Jansen was a rookie when I was um, pretty much like my last year, right? And so, like, I did well against up against Bam Bam, Bam Bam Cam. I did well against him, which I should have because I was two years older. But the thing about Cam is that regardless if he wins, loses, or draws, he never stops. The man <laughs> yeah. never stops. The man's Mr. Endurance, Mr. Never stopping ever. you talk to anybody that has fought Cam Jansen's? Like I have, like I fought the guy a handful of times, right? If you talk to anyone, nobody liked battling Cam because you just (laughs) knew that it was going to be a war no matter what. He wasn't going down. He wasn't falling. Great balance and endurance like a a long-distance horse racer. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's uh... (laughs) funny. So you guys see this is this is a lot of fun on the show, man. You guys do a really good job with the the dynamics and the atmosphere. Like it's like it, it, it's like we're meeting for like a like a pre party before we go to the club right now, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a couple a couple socials as we call it. That's right. Right. That's right. Sitting yeah. Around. This is what the yeah. real podcasts are about, gentlemen. This is this I is know. it right here, man. Just chilling out and telling yeah. stories and shooting the shit, you know? That's how it is, right? It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> no? Um, Ice Warriors. What is that? So, the thing is, is that... Okay, so this is how I have to talk about it, okay? And, 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 <laughs> and, and so, no, like, no, but seriously, like, like, first of all, I don't know if you guys have heard, but, you know, it, AJ Galante, who's a really good buddy of mine now, he recently stepped down as being part of that group, right? Okay. So, yeah. obviously, if the guy that was made the face of the company has stepped down, there's been changes. There's been things that have happened. I'm not saying they've been good or bad, but they've also been making a big deal about like if I post something on, on social media and, and it has like anything to do with them on it, like let's say I'm okay. interviewing a guy that's from there and he has a sign on the shirt that's in the picture, they get all freaked yeah. out, say they want to sue and do like you know what, what I mean? Like they're really they're getting they're getting uh, different. So yeah, this is how I'm gonna talk about it. 
May 21st, I was able to host an incredible event, okay? Okay. And it was my first time on pay-per-view. It was something that I was really proud of doing because I've done an event back in 2011 when I played for the Dundee Stars that season. Mm -hmm. There was an event called Ice Warriors in Finland. And me, Parker, Swanson, Mark Black, there was eight of us in total. We did, like, the first one was in 2006 in BC. The second one is this one in Finland that I'm talking about. The third one is the one that I don't want to say the name because they're getting really weird about mentioning them, yeah. right? That's but fine. now, That's regardless fine. of all that, the, the one that I hosted on May 21st, yeah. it was, like I said, man, thanks for asking. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I was yeah. the host, the MC, yeah. and the ring announcer. So not only was I hosting the pay-per-view, gentlemen, which I've never done before, but I also yeah. was introducing the fighters when they were coming in. I was yeah. I I got to like do like a Bruce Buffer style. <laughs> Bruce Buffer, don't you? I had so much fun with it. And then you know yes. what happened after that was I ended up implementing that style of Bruce Buffer into my intro yeah. for the Sheriff Podcast live shows at the studio. So like, okay. so yeah, so now. like. Like, like, this is how we're going to have a little bit of fun when I come to London, gentlemen, because, you know, maybe yes. the first part of the show, I'm going to have to interview you guys. You guys yes. put on yeah. the hot seat. I'm sitting Go right in it. the middle and you guys are on the hot seat, man. And then <laughs> you guys do your thing after that, right? Nice. So, yeah. but you guys will get the Bruce Buffer intro. You guys Sweet. will, you guys will experience it when I come to London. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You can do the here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I, I love it. <clears throat> great. Nice. It fires me up too when yeah, I do it. That will be the best. Yeah. That'll yeah. definitely be the best one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> People will be like, what the heck is this? This isn't Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm um, oh, that'll be so cool. Um, going back to your time in, in, uh, in, in the UK, yeah. um, there's this little tidbit that I saw you were on an episode of one of the best television shows ever. Yeah. Top gear season 14. Yeah. Top gear. Yeah. He was on, yeah. this, on an episode of top gear. Yeah. So wow. It, top gear. Yeah. The, 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 the show about the cars with Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Jeremy Clarkson. How did that happen? Yeah. Okay, so I mean, again, the Belfast Giants, man. So our team must have had some kind of business dealings with the show because yeah. they were doing an episode in Belfast and they decided to like do a to, to showcase a car that was like really good traction, like good on ice, good on in in rain and and sleet and all that kind of stuff. So they, they thought that it would be cool if they drove the car right on like a hockey ice, ice arena to prove how good the traction was. So Jeremy Clarkson, you know, it, like they have it where he's like blindfolded and then he opens his eyes and he's on the ice and he drives around. And they asked one of us because we were all on the ice for this for this clip. They asked yeah. one of us, will anyone volunteer to get hit by the car? <laughs> and so I'm just like, you know what? No, but check it out though, because I was almost 30 years old at that time. So it's not like I was like just coming out of junior and just happy to be there. And you know what I mean? Like I was embracing every opportunity. I was doing all the public appearances. Now I'm being told that this is the one of the top shows in Britain. 
one of the yep. top shows in the world at that yep. time, because this is back yep. in 2010, right? Yeah. And yep. and now they're like, will anyone volunteer to be part of the show? I'm like, yeah, me. I yep. will. <laughs> me. So they're like, okay, thank you. So this is what we need you to do. So the car is not really going to hit you, but when it drives up, just be dramatic and fall back. Yep. And then what's going to happen is Jeremy's going to say a couple lines. And then once he's done, you just get up and skate away and we'll have it where your name's in the back when you're skating away so everybody can see that it's you. I'm like, right? <laughs> nice. I'm in. <laughs> I'm a fan too, right, gentlemen? I'm a fan. Yeah. Of course I want to yeah. do that. that. That's like winning a contest or something, right? Nope. So for a lot wow. of people, right? I'm, yeah, I'm going to so, have to go back and watch that episode yeah, now. Yeah, so, so like, yeah, so like everybody on the team is like, seen for like at least a couple seconds like they show us all yeah. skating around but then yeah. i was like the only one that really kind of had a part so yeah. that's why i got so much attention about being on the show because i was the yeah. only player that really kind of had the part other than jeremy clarkson other than us all yeah. just skating around you know what i mean yeah. so great experience again <laughs> and uh and, and, and like you know what they say it's better to live where y- you say Oh, that was silly that I did that over, I wish I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you only live once, right? So I knew it was going to be cool. I didn't think there was any chance of anything bad happening, right? So No, they wouldn't wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, so (laughs) I was all for it. Yeah. Did you get a chance to talk with any of them after the Um, fact? A little bit. uh, A little bit. A little bit. Like, Jeremy, like, talked to me a little bit just because, you know, I was the one that volunteered and, you know, and so... You know, I got the Canadian accent and stuff like that. It's the sheriff, <laughs> sheriff title. He asked me about that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, so, no, it was cool, man. Talked to the producer. It was cool. Great experience. Nice. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that little tidbit and I was like, oh, I got to ask him about that. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> Season 14. <laughs> Season 14. Yep. Shawnee gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. By the Kia or whatever it was, uh, a Renault, I think. <laughs> so Probably, what, yeah. Swingo. Yeah. <laughs> so when when you were playing in the A, who was who was your toughest guy that that you had to drop? Well, my biggest rival was Brandon Sugden. Sugar played on the Syracuse Crunch. Ended up going to the to that LNAH a little bit before I got there. And um, Sugden was a legend in the OHL, a former London Knight. And um, I, he was my rival for three straight seasons, probably one of the best technical fighters I've ever fought. Couldn't make any mistakes against him. If you did, then, you know, you, you were like, it wouldn't be a good answer, a good result, I should <laughs> say. Um, the toughest guy, though, like the names that pop out, like when I think of that time, I'm thinking of guys like Dennis Bonvi. I'm thinking of guys like Rocky Thompson. Like Rocky Thompson probably hit me the hardest. He's probably the hardest punch. He can go lefts and just be like, like, you know what I mean? Like, all, like, <laughs> yeah. all, just like, like bombs away. Right. And yeah. so, you know, a guy like Dennis Bonvi probably, you know, cause it, it's a lot of mind stuff with the tough guys too. Right. So Dennis was like one of those guys where he was such a big character and he was such a strong character 
that you can never get an advantage over him, like chirping him or trying to intimidate him. You just laugh. Like he been through everything. Bob, so, Bob almost Probert, a, like almost sounds like Bob, a Bob yeah Bob Probert or a Tom Wilson type you know, type you know, character. You know, just, like the guy, the guys. Yeah. I think he fought him twice. Even the guys fought yeah. Bob Probert, like Stu Gripson, like. You think he cares yeah. if some twenty-year-old AHL guy is chirping him in a warm-up? You'd be like, buddy, yeah. like, you can wake me up when I'm sleeping, get a head start, and I'll still one punch you. You know what I mean? Like Bobby had that mindset, right? So, yeah, yeah he stands out. Brandon Sugden, Rocky Thompson, Francis Lassard. There's a lot of guys, man. Like the lockout yeah. year, it was crazy. You know, yeah. like guys like Chris Neal and those like Rob Ray. Oh, these guys are all playing and. In Binghamton and stuff like, you know, like Brian McGratton, that's another yeah. guy too. To the a. Some big, big um, scrappy guys. You yeah. know, uh, God Ooh. bless his soul. Um, but the boogeyman, uh, Derek Bugard, Bugard, before he made Minnesota, he was in Houston, and he'd be yeah. the guy when we make that trip to to Texas, San Antonio, and yeah. Houston. He was Houston stuff guy. So yeah, man, there is a lot of a lot of beef back then. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of beef, man. <laughs> Ryan Vandenbush, Ryan Vandenbush in uh, yeah. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, when when the Pittsburgh Penguins would send him down. Uh, yeah. Eric Goddard, Goddard played in Bridgeport. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Goddard's a big guy too. Killer. Trevor yeah, Gillies, he's a big scrapper. Gillies was in Lowell, Bridgeport. Yeah, man, the Gill Train. All these guys have been on my show. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Everybody that I fought, they were the easiest guys yeah. to get on. The only oh, yeah. guy, that <laughs> yeah, come on. No, let me tell you, the only guy that doesn't give me the time of day is Brad Voth. That guy, really? he won't even doesn't even want to talk to me, man. But but see, I don't blame him really because I made his life miserable when I went over there. Because oh, Brad yeah. Voth was the tough guy for the Cardiff Devils, right? Okay. He was also a good player. He was one of those like big wingers that could fight everybody. He was like a Cam yeah. Neely, like a Wendell Clark. Like he fought all yeah. the big guys, but he yeah. but he would still put like twenty five goals in the net, right? So yeah. Brad Voth playing in Cardiff, I guess he absolutely terrorized the Belfast Giants the year before I got there. Was known as one of the top tough guys. So when I come into town, everyone's like, "Yeah, Voth, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy." So Cardiff comes into town. I have no idea how big of a deal this is at the time. Cardiff comes into town. They start both of us. We fight like 20 seconds into the game. Yeah. One left, two lefts. He goes down. He's cut. He's TKO'd. He has to go to the dressing room for repairs. It's yeah. not a good like result for him, right? Yeah, and yeah. because we were like the two bigger names, it got a lot of attention. Like, what's going to happen when Voth goes to <laughs> Belfast? And then, boom, he gets TKO'd, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, all the forums and, you know, all that, all that politics stuff he had, like he went through yeah. like a really hard time, man. And then the oh, second time no. I beat him again, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. so and, and, and I had to like call him out in the radio and the newspaper, like for him to fight me, like, cause there was yeah. a game where he just wouldn't do it. And then I was criticizing really? him saying the fans want to see it, you know, earn yeah. your paycheck. And I would go to the Let's... media and like, Use them. <laughs> yeah, man. It was like it was like WWF over there, man. It was awesome. Every team had a guy. Every team had a guy. But because yeah. I had such a strong season, the second year when I went to Dundee, that's when like Weapon X came over, Alex Penner, Mike. Like I was in Dundee, Belfast got Mike Hoffman, 
Penner was in yeah. Nottingham. Sharp was in was in Edinburgh. There was all these people that came in, man. And, and uh, yeah. uh, Justin Sawyer was in Cardiff. You know what I mean? Like there, there was yeah. it, like it got pretty interesting. And then that's when like Cam and 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 McGratton and all these guys yeah. start coming. They all yeah, came after that, over. right? Yeah, man. Nice. The lockout year. Um, McGratton did great over there. Jansen's yeah. was over there. Um, Eric Cairns was over there at one time. Um, God bless his soul. Uh, Wade Belak was over there as well. Yeah. Wade Coventry. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. yeah, man. The league's got the league's are, like, like to play in that league, the rules to be eligible for that league in the UK is yeah. the season before you either have to play in the NHL, AHL or ECHL. Like you okay. can't, like, you can't be playing like in the federal league or the league in Quebec and then think that yeah. you're going to go over there. A lot of guys think they can, and then they learn that they're not eligible and then they, their hearts right. are broken. Right. Cause like, yeah. you know, like the guys in Quebec, they either want to go to France or they want to yeah. go to a league like the UK, you know what I mean? But they're not eligible for that. So they all go to France, you know? So what the point I'm trying to make is that all the imports are really good players. Like they're at least yeah. East coast level, like yeah. good East yeah. coast. Or if yeah. most of them are AHL or guys that are on the bubble with the NHL. Like, it's yeah. really good. So, a few levels down. So, yeah, you're definitely, yeah, that's good hockey yeah. right there. So Oh, yeah, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, well, I know we're we're getting close on your time limit there. So um, Yeah, yeah. I'm, buddy, I'm having so much fun with you guys, man. It, it seems like it's only <laughs> been about three or four minutes we talked about. Oh, yeah. I know. Make the guests feel very comfortable, like, we're going to start having forums of former guests talking about how great of a time they've had on Guardians and Gladiators. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hope so. That'd yes. be great. <laughs> how, that'd be pretty cool. That's eh? what I need. That's what we want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you do any uh, volunteer work? Yeah. I, um, yeah, like I've, I've always done it, but, but a unique and really cool thing that I've done this year is I, I started coaching for an organization called Seaside Hockey. And Seaside Hockey, along with other organizations like Hockey Equality, the HDA, um, what we've started is a program that is gets a grant from the Canadian government, and it allows lower income uh, families to for their sons or daughters to get free equipment. And when I say free equipment, I mean skates all the way to the helmet, from head to toe, free registration. Yep. And free ice cream. So wow, they have the awesome. opportunity that, you know, all the kids that their families are wealthy enough to play in, in any hockey league they want, or yep. the players, the small faction of yep. players like Anthony and Chris Stewart that grew up with very humble beginnings, but because they yep. were so good that people in the community reached out, other parents on their on their team took them in and allowed them to have this opportunity. But how often does an Anthony and Chris Stewart come along probably every 10 or 15 years. Right. So, so like that doesn't happen really. So, you know, the problem with hockey these days, gentlemen, is it's just not accessible to every demographic. So what this organization is doing is they're giving these kids that have never played before. They never played at hockey in August, but starting in September, They played, and now they're wheeling around the ice. Now they're learning how to forecheck. Now they're learning how to yeah. light up for a face-off. It goes, yeah. like, the process is really cool. It goes from the learn to skate, right? Yep. They're pushing the red thing or the chair. Yep. 
to not needing the red thing or the chair to yep. being able to be introduced to the hockey stick now. Amazing. Now you're a real That's hockey awesome. player. You got a stick in your hand yeah. now yeah. to be introduced, to be actually able to be part of a practice because they can actually skate yep. fast enough and be able to push the puck. You know what I mean? Yep. To see yep. this process happen in a matter of months from not owning one piece of equipment to being able to wheel around the ice, yeah. it's really cool. We have age groups from from four or five years old all the way to, to 12, 13. We have an all-star team for every age group where they've gotten jerseys with names on their back where they get to experience having something like that, which you usually don't get until you're like a triple A kid or a double A kid or, you know, so no, these are kids that are now select level. And what we're doing is we're playing exhibition games against single A and double A teams. Now, mind you, in the beginning, the scores were kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> a little, little Eight, lopsided. Seven, six, one, yeah. two, zero. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now it's kind of like five, three. Getting better. A tie. Yeah. We've gotten a couple wins. Awesome. These are kids that didn't play a few months ago, right? Against double yeah. A, single A kids. It's really, yeah. really cool stuff, man. Uh, we were supposed to have our team pictures this, this coming Saturday, but they said they're going to move that. Um, but yeah, it's seaside hockey. Um, it, it's giving a demographic that, that normally wouldn't, have the opportunity due to financial reasons, but it's not all about the financial though. It's also about the, the cultural, like, because like gentlemen, like, like let's, let's not like, and and it bothers me to say it because I'm a hockey guy through and through, but in general, hockey is an elitist sport that only wealthy families that are, that are, have enough money are able to play. Um, the team that I played for growing up, the triple a team, the Don Mills flyers, I know yeah. that a lot of their age groups, the registration is $14,000. So now $14,000, okay? So now, oh, you got two kids? Okay, so now you're yeah. looking at $28,000. So now if you're a single yeah. mother that makes fifty grand, which is a very respectable yeah. salary, it's just not possible. You can't do that, no. Using 60% of your annual income to have two kids registration, never mind tournaments, yeah. gas, anything like yeah. that. We're just talking yeah. about registration, just- gentlemen. So. So, yeah, so, so exactly. this is what I'm talking about, right? So yeah. now that eliminates a lot of people to be able to play. So now Seaside is not only partnering with GTHL teams, which are single A, double A, and triple A, but we're eventually going to be in that league. And it's going to stem from kids not going to have to pay, not going to have to be left out because their parents don't make enough money for them to be able to play, right? So That's awesome. Yeah, so like I mean, when people say to me, I know we just went through the month of February and stuff like that, and you know we look back at like you know the Black history and culture, and you know like it's cool and stuff, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a mixed kid. I'm a mixed kid, so like I appreciate all that kind of stuff. But like mm-hmm. when people ask me, you know, Sean, how are we? Like, how can I help? How could I? How could I help with making hockey more diverse? You know what I mean? Like that's a question that you'll hear out there. How can, like, there's a, a person that's for the better good. How can I help, Sean? And I'll be like, you know yeah. what? One way that you could help is by supporting organizations like Seaside Hockey. Because, yeah. like I said, it's not just the money. Let's look at, let's look at a demographic. Like, like the, 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 the Asian community in Toronto yep. is known yep. to have money. They're not yes. struggling for money. But do you yeah. see a lot of Asian background kids in hockey? No. Because their culture doesn't share the culture that they they don't feel welcome. They don't know anybody there. They don't even know who to call. 
Like they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then when you yeah. have an organization like Seaside, where you're starting to see all these other backgrounds there, then it's like, you know what? Like, just like joining a church, just like joining anything, you feel more sure. comfortable and inclined to want to try something new when you see yeah. people, some, not everybody, there's white, yeah. black, yellow, there's every type of shade there. There's a lot of white sure. people there. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see all the mix. But when yeah. you see all the different backgrounds, you're more inclined to want to join instead of it just yeah. being one isolated group, which is what we see yeah. in hockey, right? Generally, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's no, changing. That's, that's fantastic. It's changing. That's, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, man. That's pretty, yeah. And how and, long and have you been just, doing that and now? just the last thing, gentlemen, as a country, it's going to make us better because Canada, I mean, although we won this year, like with the world juniors and all that, but like we've kind of lost our placing in being dominant in hockey. We used yeah. to be yeah. like 70% of the NHL used to be Canadian. We're not even yeah. number one anymore, man. I don't know if you guys know, but Sweden has over Canada really? for the most, it, it's, it's per capita. So, you know, Sweden has like 8 million people or something like that. You know what I'm oh, saying? But they have yeah. more per capita than Canada does. It's like right there. It's like, yeah. and this is from a couple of years ago. So maybe Canada's yeah. jumped back up, but, but we were like way up, man. Yeah. And we got countries like Sweden that are almost neck and neck with us. Yeah. So now let me tell you this. If we were only able to give a portion of the opportunity of talent in this country, all the wealthy kids or the kids like yeah. the stewards that were able to get through, now we're yeah. going to, in five years from now, we're going to be able to have everybody Even join more. this group. It's going to make yeah. our country a better hockey nation, which it should yeah. be because that's what we go by is Canada, the hockey nation. We're going to be better from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I'm fired yeah. up and excited. That's awesome. Sorry for the long version though, gentlemen. No, oh, no, you're that's, good. That's that great, man. Awesome. That's great, man. The passion <laughs> is there and that's, that's what, uh, that's what organizations need for sure. Yeah. And, you know, hockey needs that. Absolutely. They need oh, passion yeah. instead oh, yeah. of just the. The footy dead accounting. I vote team. for him to be the uh, new uh, board member of Hockey, <laughs> Hockey Canada. Canada. Yeah. He'll run that, that show. You. you. Who's that? Me? Hey, man. Yeah. I, I would love any type of employment job from Hockey Canada. Team mentoring. <laughs> if any yeah. anyone that's a part of Hockey Canada is out there, if you're looking uh, for I a would, team I mentor. Saying, I was saying you should be the, uh, the chairman of that. You would uh, straighten that yeah, crap so all out. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, not only that, but but also figure out all the things that are challenges in the kids' lives that we've been through because we're older and we've been through it. We've gone through those levels. We've lived yeah. and gone through school and, and, and dated girls and did all the things that they're going to do. And there's so many girl hockey players, too, that we got to involve the girls in all these talks because yeah. they're, they're on a rise, too, is, is the girl hockey yeah. players, oh, yes. the female players. Um, but, yeah, but... But what I'm talking about is I think every team should have a mentor. I think that team mentoring is a really big deal and that you could really focus on issues that could, that in a, in a couple sessions could solve a lot of things that, that are holding back teams from succeeding. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just growing up and it's just life and it's just figuring things out. And once that happens, teams can flourish. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the, the stuffy A, you know, double A, triple A teams definitely need that for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you do any yeah, hockey awesome. schools or anything like that? Sure does. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, because I'm been, I stepped up big time in the coaching this year. Um, yep. whenever there's been like a fam, like there was family day in Ontario, 
um, you know, when there's a PA day, you'll have these, you know, experienced coaches that have a lot of people that trust them put out emails and say, you know, I have ice and they'll do skates, they'll do camps. Um, Over the Christmas break, I was part of the the Craig Martin hockey school. And um, a gentleman that I've had on my show, former, former NHLer for Winnipeg and Florida, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I love being a part of that kind of stuff. Love seeing the kids development and, and the big smiles on their face. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. Yeah, man. Nothing better. Um, I have one more question. One Chris, more. do you have any more? No, that is it. You're good. Okay. Yeah. This is the, this is the, the least serious. Well, actually it could be a very serious question. Oh, well maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe I don't know. It is. It's, it's a question that we ask everyone. Um, All right. And. So you have a choice. There's two bowls in front of you. There's a bowl of chips and there's a bowl of sweets. Which one are you reaching for? A bowl of chips or a bowl of sweets? Yes. Well, I mean, my girlfriend's sitting here, so I can't lie in front of her. It's definitely going to be sweet. <laughs> it's going to be sweet. And then, and then the chips or whatever, but there'll be, yeah. there'll be good answer. He had to, he had to tell the truth. If, if it's, if it's chocolate, it's fini. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so you're going yeah, with man. sweets, eh? That okay. was cool. Well, I like that. We'll, we'll put sweets the on end. the board. Yeah. We, <laughs> I have, a, I have a chips versus sweets board uh, marking here on, uh, we, we've got a chalkboard on the wall in the studio. So yeah. chips versus sweets and uh, sweets is catching up, but chips is still in the lead. Yep. Right on. Right on. Just, I got a sweet tooth. I can't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we do appreciate your time for coming on. Um, we don't want to, uh, to hold you up any longer. You're a busy yeah. guy. So thank, thank again, you again. It was uh, wonderful meeting you and, uh, yeah, having a good chat. And yeah, if you do come into London, absolutely give us a call, give me a ch- uh, text or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. up for that. Yeah, guys, I mean, I, again, I just want to say like how awesome a job you guys did. You guys made me feel so comfortable. I had a lot of fun on the show. The questions that you guys asked were very, very good. You guys do an incredible job on the show. So don't stop. Keep going strong. And I will 1000% be talking to you guys when I come to London. Because what you thank two you are very much. No, what you two are forgetting is that you guys are in the hot seat. I'm in the middle, and you guys are not going to get out of this because you've already agreed. <laughs> so you don't even have to worry yep. about it, guys. Yeah, you know, yep. we're acting yep. all That's friendly fine. here, but it's really you guys are yep. on the hot seat. I'm just, I'm just messing awesome. with you. Awesome. But I'll definitely, right. I'll definitely be in contact with you guys. Right. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And and yeah. and, and, yeah, and pardon. Thank- Pardon, pardon the energy. Sometimes it gets a little bit out of control. Oh, oh you're no, good. Hey, that's good. I, I was totally prepared for it. So, <laughs> but hey, you did say that earlier today, though, right, man? You said I just watched one of your shows. I want to see that energy tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. There you go, buddy. Awesome. Thank you All for right. having um, me. Again. Yeah, again, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Shut thank it down, you again. buddy. All right, All right guys. We'll see you next time. But let me let me do the woo because I always finish them with the woo. Woo. We we woo woo. <laughs> Chris has his little his little shutdown. We do some music and oh, then yeah, we'll yeah, shut her down on everything. Awesome. Shut her down, Chris. Until next week, folks. Stay safe. Stay kind. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.